Welcome to the Prodigal and the Priest podcast, a podcast about faith, sports, and two friends from different cultures. Here are your hosts, Joey Scansella and Father Paul Bechter. Hello, Easter people. What's up? Oh, Alleluia. Alleluia. He's risen. Mm. Truly risen. He's truly risen. Alethosanesti. Alephosanesti. Yeah, it's pretty good. Oh, thanks. Not if perfect, I, but if I, if I hear it like said, like isn't there a thing about learning? Like some people prefer reading instructions. Mm-hmm. Some people prefer watching YouTube videos or things like that. Mm-hmm. Some people prefer someone showing them mm-hmm. and then replicating it. Mm-hmm. What are you? I don't know. Like if I said, hey, set up this camera. I'm really. Oh. Would you read the instructions? You You have three options. Instructions, watch (laughs) somebody do it and then repeat it. Or isn't there a third one? Figure it out yourself. (laughs) Be a man. (laughs) (laughs) I do kind of like to figure things out, but I also really like instructions. Mm. I'm one of those people. But I don't. I don't know. It's it's very selective. Yeah, you just like read instructions for fun. You have a file folder of old instructions. Yeah, yeah I'm not one of those people. Not one of those people. Anyway, so the whole point of that was <laughs> I repeated a word after you. Anyway, we're in the Easter season. Thanks for all those who are joining us. Hey, I realized something that I want to share with our listeners. We have a child waving at us through the window, our adoring fans. Um uh, can't see him. <laughs> can't see him. Don't care. That was from the priest. Yep. Um, you know, if you share and rate the podcast, so if you've never gone on to iTunes or whatever device you listen to it on, um, you know, give us that five star rate it. It actually bumps it up and suggests it in their formula for other people to listen and mm. to share the gospel message. So only if you're going to rate us well <laughs> should you share and, and rate that if it's uh, been beneficial to you. So last night, we have to start with this, Baylor Bears. Yes. They, they won it. So I invited Father Paul Texas. to this. <laughs> yes, Texas. <laughs> I invited Father Paul to this um, bracket that I do every year. I do an NCAA bracket. So I invited him into a fantasy football league and now the bracket. And he's stolen all my thunder. He kicked me out of the playoffs <laughs> in football. He actually ended up miraculously winning the bracket with no. Did you even watch one college basketball game all year? I may have watched a bit of a Villanova game only because our seminarian went to Villanova and he turned it on. I don't remember who they're playing or how well they did. Or what sport. Well, I, I know it's <laughs> <No>. basketball. <laughs> yeah, Maybe but, it was Villanova but football. I, I almost missed the uh, cutoff to fill out my bracket. I shouldn't have sent the reminder. Yeah, and then I just I filled it out and I was like, well, I don't know anything about any of these teams. I don't even know what color jerseys they wear, so I can't do it that way. So let me do Texas and Catholic schools. And So uh, who was your final four? I don't remember. You do not deserve to win <laughs> no, this I bracket. Ha- <laughs> and yet I did. It's the first time I've ever won a bracket, ever. Or anything <laughs> significant. Like the years you probably knew stuff about college basketball, you're yeah, probably like in the dumpster. Right? Yeah. 
So yeah, I've never even picked, I've never even come close to like breaking even in a bracket or. I think you picked like Gonzaga, obviously. Yeah, Gonzaga, play. Baylor in the finals. Uh, I had Texas in the final four. That's right. You had um, Gonzaga playing Texas. Texas was eliminated in like second round, first first round maybe. Weren't they? Uh, didn't they be it get beaten by Abilene Christian in the first round? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Um, no, no, no. Yeah, hard to have Texas. See. Yeah, this is See, why I don't deserve to win. Don't I don't remember anything, anyway, anything about my want, bracket at you all. You won a little, won a little something. There was like 25 of us, all different people. And so I had to... We watched the game last night. Only one I, could emerge victorious. That's right. <laughs> um, and I had to see you win, which was painful for me. Yeah, pretty, pretty handily. It was never really in doubt. You come into my house, you eat my food, <laughs> you steal my Topa Chicos, and you win money right in front of me. And so that's the end of the podcast today, folks. It was pretty <laughs> great. Yeah. Today so, <laughs> and for the rest of the, the series season. over, season one, 75 episodes in. 75. Are we Is at 75? Crazy? Yeah. I think I so. Sh- I should go look at our podcast and rate it. <laughs> right. <laughs> So 75 in, we just got done some series. Want people to be able to catch up on those. The Mass, Holy Week, Part 1, Part 2. Not going to start another series yet. Bunch of people have tossed out ideas for series. Things like things on like the Jewish roots. Things on, mm. um, you know, maybe Eucharistic Miracles. Somebody tossed out a series mm. on that. Um, the Saints. I don't know. Bunch of catholic-y things you know mm. um i think today though one question i have for you and i think would be good to go over our uh, like to our listeners is about the easter season right? okay and so similar we've talked about it with christmas christmas easter is not just one day right mm. there is an octave of easter of celebration that continues on and so you know, what does it mean to live in that Easter joy? I think for most of us, in their heads, living in that Easter joy is, I gave up or I sacrificed something for Lent, so now I'm binging back on something. Right. Like that, and Eating that is... all the cookies. Exactly. <laughs> that is the furthest thing from the truth that we could, like, say is living mm-hmm. in the resurrection, the Easter joy. You know, I think this is something that plagues our society, this living in this Easter joy. It's something that plagues me. Just as an American, I always am like, well, this isn't good, or this could be better, or I could have more, or I could do this, or I could whatever, right? And like, yeah, you know, so let's let's go a little theology, you know. So Easter starts, explain that kind of, if someone's never heard the term octave, Easter. what easter means is a bunny (laughs) um that scares children Um, (laughs) why are they so big (laughs) um no like octave of easter right yeah so if someone's never heard that term let's break that down for them first cool so octave has to do with the word for eight in latin and uh latinate languages like ocho in Spanish. <laughs> um, nice. <laughs> anyway, so it has to do with the with the word for eight, and 
it's a thing that you do on the biggest possible feasts in the church's calendar. So things like Christmas and Easter. Uh, there used to be one for Pentecost mm. um, up until 70 years ago. 60? I don't know. Yeah. I'm still recovering from, from Easter. Um, <laughs> <laughs> math skills haven't kicked in yet. Um, <laughs> Coffee hasn't kicked in this morning. <laughs> that's right. Um, so anyway, it's a thing that you do on these uh, on these big days. And uh, what... Sorry, I'm stumbling here. Basically what it is, is you extend the significance of that day and the celebration of that day for eight days. So it's not just about the Easter Sunday, but also Easter Monday, Easter Tuesday, Easter Wednesday, Mm. all the way up until the second Sunday of Easter, which is the end of the octave. So if you're counting inclusively, right? Right. Both Sundays and the days in between them equal eight. Um, And liturgically, like, it's it's kind of like an extension of that Easter day all throughout the week, right? Um, so it's one long liturgical celebration. You're you're doing this, you wear uh, white, yeah. You wear white for the whole of the Easter season, which is fifty days. Mm-hmm. So what you have is like you've got this season where you extend this Easter joy all the way up until Pentecost, right? Um, but a really focused and concentrated part of that is this first week, which is called the octave of Easter. And there's little changes to the liturgy, like to the liturgy of the hours, for instance, instead of doing a responsory um, after the reading, uh, you would do just this little verse and it's, this is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And so you keep saying that um, each day of the Easter octave, because right. it's, it's seen as like, this is the, first day of the new creation kind mm. of thing um i love it ushered in by the the resurrection of christ so you're you're basking in that uh the light of the new day right on easter so when somebody's looking <laughs> at this easter season right um how do they live different right yeah. like i mean i think we've we've hit on this question before mm-hmm. we've talked about you know our goal is to be saints and if we're being saints, we're living in the truth of the resurrection and we're living to spread the message that Jesus Christ came, died for our sins, but not just death, defeated it, mm-hmm. rose again, right? Um, that we live in this joy that he conquered the grave, all those, you know, cliche songs, everything that we hear throughout the Easter season, right? But how do we tangibly do that in the workplace? at our house, all those things. Because I think we say, yeah. we made it to Easter. I'm good. Okay. Now I can relax. Regular. Yeah. Now I can relax. Yeah. Now it I can does go feel back like to that, regular especially, life. Especially if you're ramping up to Easter as a thing. Like if you're really kind of like descending through Holy Week and and all that, it, it really can feel like, okay, now I can take a break. Yeah. Um, and I mean, it is a, okay, so... So it's in the it's in the details, the concrete, um, where it starts to become a lot more clear, and it's easier to come up with concrete practices and details for Lent, and that's part of the struggle, right? In Lent, we're told pray, pray fast, fast, and give alms, alms. Yeah. <laughs> and Easter, it's just like this is the wedding banquet now, just feast. Mm-hmm. But we can't 
like we're not gonna feel good <laughs> if right. you're just eight like, days ice on cream like, yeah <laughs> Uh, all or time. just watching like social media. Just, That's right. Know, That's TikTok and Instagram yeah. for 14 hours a day for eight days straight. <laughs> right. You're like, I'm living yeah. in the resurrection. That's, yeah, I don't think that's the feast that uh, God intended. Right. Um, so you have to come at it sort of the same way we approach land, the same way we approach anything, like trying to, to find really concrete and practical and small things to do. Mm-hmm. And those small things lead to bigger things. So, what's one of those small things? Well, you can, for your your daily Bible reading, right? Because we should be reading the Word of God every day. Mm-hmm. Um, wait, wait, pause. Say that again for every Catholic. We should be reading the Word of God every day. I've heard it from a lot of maybe baby boomer generations and up that maybe if they went to Catholic school, different things like that, were actually encouraged at different points not to read Scripture because they can misinterpret it, different things like that. And so yeah. I, I just, I love that you said that, and I want people to hear that and let it soak in. The Scripture should be part of our everyday life. Mm-hmm. And this is not a guilt trip, no. but if you are not diving into the Scriptures every day, life-changing yeah so no it totally is um like it's our daily bread uh the word of god um both in the the eucharist and in the scriptures it's the same same person Mm -hmm. (laughs) of jesus christ so uh so changing like the books that you're reading in in the liturgy of the church we read through acts of the apostles all throughout the easter season Mm. that's a good place to start um like even if you weren't reading the Bible every day before this, um, just to like you don't have to start at the beginning. <laughs> you can just dive in for something that is kind of like Easter season appropriate, and we take our cue from what the church does in its liturgy. So, reading resurrection accounts in the Gospels, reading the Acts of the Apostles, reading the letters of John in the New Testament, mm. especially the first letter of John, which has that beautiful passage at the beginning. What we have what we have heard with our ears and seen with our eyes, what we have touched with our hands Mm. uh, concerning um, the resurrection and the life like this, this has been manifested to us. Like what he's saying is that we were eyewitnesses to this, this thing that happened. Like Christ died and we saw that and then he was risen and he stood among us and we saw him eat. (laughs) We know he's not a ghost. Right. Um, And so that what, which we have seen and touched and heard, like yeah. now we testify to you. And so it, absolutely. So reading the, the testimony of the eyewitnesses, particularly of like the resurrection accounts and of the early days of the church, that's, that's a very Easter thing to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the book of Jeremiah. <laughs> like it's one of my favorites, but that's not a particularly Easter uh, appropriate. Like, sure. You can, you can read that if you want, but that's like, that's really a Lenten thing. He's foretelling the destruction of Jerusalem um, in the exile. Right. Uh, so anyway, that's that's one concrete thing you can do. Mm-hmm. Um, you can start for this week in particular uh, because the octave day, the eighth day mm-hmm. of Easter is also Divine Mercy Sunday. Mm-hmm. You can 
inform yourself about that devotion, you can pray the little divine mercy chaplet each day. It doesn't take very long. Right. Um, or read some of uh, St. Faustina. Um, she was uh, this this saint who was, who was closely connected with the devotion to divine mercy and St. John Paul II right. uh, was particularly devoted to that as well. Um, them both being Polish <laughs> from Krakow. Um, so that's another way to like make this week feel different. Right. It's, I don't know. I, I've been thinking about stuff like this for, for a while. Like how do you make things feel different? Because we're not living in a culture where it feels different right. uh, for very long. Um, I, I don't really go to stores, so I don't know what they've, decorated themselves as but but I, <laughs> okay <laughs> like i don't like, really <laughs> go to store i mean you go to kroger but i haven't been in like three weeks there's just no food in my fridge <laughs> okay the moment he says this now no no, no i don't mean bring me food <laughs> are gonna be like uh father paul so hungry <laughs> no i don't you must I don't be mean eating that. so poorly besides <laughs> the scancellas you know steak they cooked you for easter no i just that. mean i haven't made time to like make, right, make right, the right, big right. trip to the yeah, store yeah, yeah. so i haven't seen what decorations they've put out but i imagine the easter stuff's down immediately right and they're oh, already preparing for yeah something it's else. already like 75 percent on sale which is a good reason to go to stock up on that candy now where it's like really super cheap just All fyi right. and then but second is they're getting already ready for memorial day and then july 4th like kind of the summer theme stuff mm-hmm. it's already like hey get your you know water balloons and your floaties oh, and, okay. you know like they're already transitioning to that that's it's, the next thing same thing as the day, right. day after valentine's day it's like let's get out the easter stuff day after yeah. christmas let's get out the valentine's day stuff you know so so we have to do some form of resistance against the you know prepare for the next thing we are preparing for the next thing but the next thing for us is pentecost <laughs> or the ascension yeah. in pentecost um and to prepare for it it means kind of living in the easter season so yeah. another thing we can do just practically is learn how to feast in a sustainable and appropriate way. Mm. Uh, that's hard for us to do, right? It requires an exercise of the virtue of temperance. <laughs> in order to feast, we're commanded to feast when the bridegroom is present. You can't fast when the bridegroom is present. That's what Jesus says. So, yeah. okay, how do I feast in a way that is sustainable for eight days in a row? That's going to look different than Thanksgiving Day every day. right? Um, and then... How do I scale that back but still maintain um, something of the character of feasting mm. all throughout the Easter season, which is 50 days? Right. Right? So can you call it moderation if you're feasting? I think so. Like, really? Like you should be feasting in moderation. We should never do anything to excess, right? Feasting doesn't mean drinking to the point of getting drunk or eating to the point of being gluttonous. It should mm-hmm. always be done in moderation. Um, yeah. But Love feasting it. does mean, I mean, just to make it even more concrete, like I think it's good to just take away desserts while you're in Lent. Um, and a lot of people take away alcohol. I think that's a good thing too mm-hmm. while you're in Lent. Um, bring those back in a moderate and appropriate way. Yeah. Not a um, six pack each night, but yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not the no. you know whole box of cookies, but I did. <laughs> I've been saving these Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> just like <laughs> sleeves of Thin Mints. <laughs> But like, <laughs> right. Um, but it is it is a good thing to like 
bring that back so it has something of the character now of feasting. Wait, you don't like Thin Mints, do you? I think they're all right. I think they're... They're all right? <laughs> they're not the best. Uh, what are the best? What's the best? What's the the, the Samoas best? or the, the coconut e- ones? You don't even know. I know what they look like. <laughs> I know what they taste like. I just don't know what... Now, Thin Mints, man, you freeze those puppies, get them a little cold. I'm all about the frozen cookie, actually. Nice. Um, I I got a, a bunch of cookies one time, and I was like, I can't, these are delicious, but like I can't mm-hmm. just eat all these. So I put them in the freezer, and that became sort of my festive thing. Yeah, would be to take one of those, microwave it, and put a little ice cream on it. Oh, it's amazing. Nice. I like it. I like so, it. so that's the kind of thing I'm I'm talking about with with the feasting. Like you want to level it up, but stay within moderation. Right. Um, I have one. Yeah, please. And it's going to be very challenging, but it's something we've drilled into our youth here. We've done at different parish missions and different um, just kind of discipleship exercises that we've like given people, which is being able to share their witness, I think is a Mm. beautiful thing, especially during um, these times of celebration, to be able to articulate why your life has changed because of what Jesus did by defeating death and, you know, being raised up. Mm. And that that doesn't have to be long, and that can be done in a 30-second pitch. That could be done in a three-minute pitch. That could be done if you are diving into life with someone in a 35 to an hour, you know, this is my whole life story right. type of thing. But me, Joey Scancella, should be different because of what Jesus did and because how I'm living my life. Mm-hmm. And that should be done every day, but I really think we are scaredy cats as a culture to be able to share that, even in a nonchalant way. Mm-hmm. Like a lot of us don't even, you know, are, are so we work at a church a little different, but most people are like, what'd you do for Easter? Most people rarely say, oh yeah, went to mass. It was great. Went to church, you know, had this experience. This It's, this is what we ate for dinner. Did an mm-hmm. Easter egg hunt with the kids. Like if we're right, called. The safe things. Yeah. If we're mm-hmm. called to share the resurrection, then let's share why that resurrection has changed our life. Mm-hmm. And so, I mean, it takes preparation. And um, I know there's a lot of organizations that work with helping you kind of pare down and like uh, be able to share your witness. But, um, and if anybody's interested, reach out to us. I'd love to share some resources, yeah. have a paper that kind of breaks it down to say, what was my life like before Christ? What happened to change it? And how is it different now? Because it should be, you know, we, Nikki, we have this Bible, children's Bible thing, and she was reading an account of the resurrection to the kids on Sunday morning before we went to mass. And I almost got emotional because it was, it was from the perspective. So it does like the scripture parts, but then it gives a little bit deeper reflection for the kids, but on a child's level. Mm -hmm. And there was an amazing part where it talked about like what, Mary like literally felt an experience, you know, seeing her son again, touching her son, like mm-hmm. hearing his voice, all these things that, you know, as a parent, like I've shared that lost a child. Like if I could touch, hear, 
feel mm. my child again that went through something like I, like yeah it i mean why would i not share that <laughs> mm-hmm. and so um yeah i just want to encourage our listeners as well to share that with not just like you said the safe people not just the church people mm-hmm. not just um yeah not just the people that it's okay to. It's like when you came over the other night and the kids, one of our neighbors knocked on the door, no religious affiliation, nothing, um, not anti-God, but just nothing. Mm-hmm. And it's like, yeah, Father Paul's over. And she's like, what? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, our, our priest friend, Father Paul, you know, to the kids. And it's so normal, and I love it for our kids that they grow up in this normalcy of, hopefully living out the gospel message to say, mm-hmm. this is why I'm different because Jesus Christ died for my sins and defeated death. That's such a fantastic practice for, for Easter season in particular. Like, and I just, honestly, I hadn't thought of that as a specifically Easter thing, but as you're saying that, it just makes me think of those are the readings that were, <laughs> that's why we're reading Acts of the Apostles because these are, okay, now Peter is giving a bunch of speeches, mm-hmm. and he's just giving his witness. He's like, yeah. this is what we saw. And John does the same thing. Um, in the in the reading for Tuesday of uh, the Easter octave of Easter week, uh, the first reading has Peter <laughs> saying like, um, you know, this thing happened. He was dead, and now he's, he's risen from the dead. And people are like, so what do we do? And he says, well, repent and be baptized. Yeah. And then it says more than 3,000 were added. Um, and wasn't that just like that counting day. the men or something like that? Doesn't it say something uh, like that? Or is that it, a different you're, you're one? thinking of the multiplication of the loaves. Oh, okay. okay yeah, okay, okay, in, okay. in Mark. That's one of Father Henry's uh, favorite lines. Is like nice. 3,000 uh, or 5,000 were present that day, not including women and children. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of Father Henry's favorite lines. No, no, lines. no, I say favorite lines. He made a joke about it one time, and it's just hilarious. He's got these little witty things nice. he'll just say off the cuff. Um, but, but yeah, like a lot of them were, well, just to get into that reading for a second, a lot of them were were Pharisees, actually, mm. um, which I think is really interesting because we always see the combative Jesus against the Pharisees kind of yeah. thing, and we forget that like they were really trying <laughs> Mm. Um, they're really trying to be faithful to God's law and to to carry it out into every aspect of their lives. Like they weren't they weren't all <laughs> bad dudes. Or yeah, their their name shouldn't be synonymous with hypocrite. Mm. Um, and a lot of them were the ones who converted mm. very early um, in response to uh, Peter saying, "Like, hey, all this stuff that you've hoped for in the Old Testament, like." We've seen it fulfilled with our own eyes. Right. Um, so being able to give that witness, like how have you seen this fulfilled with your own eyes in your own life, and being able to give it in such a succinct way, like that's a that's a really Easter-appropriate thing. Mm-hmm. Um, that's how the gospel spreads on the testimony of eyewitnesses. Yeah. Um, and God likes to use us as his instruments. That's precisely why he does this. Yeah. Uh, it's powerful stuff. Yeah. And it's tough. Yeah, it it's is. Tough. It is. And I, I remember, like, I can forget, because uh, that's such a central part of, of my job, 
my life mm-hmm. is to do that. So I'm very comfortable with it. I think to a degree that makes me forget how uncomfortable it is. Um, but thinking back, like, yeah, it is a scary thing when you're not used to speaking about your faith as if it's a real part of your life. Yeah. Um, you don't want people to think badly of you or to judge you or to think, Oh, they're one of those crazy people or, Oh, they're one of these in the insert, like name, a category to be pigeonholed into. Um, but if we don't give our testimony Mm -hmm. and actually bear witness to the reasons for the hope we have within us, then no one ever sees normal people who also believe that someone died and then rose from the dead and that changed everything. Yeah. (laughs) Um, like they have to see normal people who also believe that mm-hmm. that's the only thing that's going to challenge the the narrative that Christians are just wacky or like all want to go live in compounds or I don't know. I don't know what people think. Compounds? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this just went askew. <laughs> yeah. um, no, I think those are all great practicals. Any others you want to mention? I think, I mean, that was the big one for me. Did you hit on yours? Uh, yeah, I mean, mine is is very much, <laughs> it's very much um, food focused. Like, I think we should just be eating, not you know, not to excess ever, but different things. Mm-hmm. I think that the character of what we eat um, during Lent yeah. should look very different than what we eat during the Easter octave. Yep, and the rest of the Easter season, um, and yep. so. I think that that gives a lot of room for creativity, but like even things like baking special bread. And if you don't have a, a special bread, you and the bread making, I, I really, I don't, I like it for, for many reasons. It, it, for, it forces me to, to take time that I feel like could be used right. Better spent for yeah. something else and to waste it on this thing, which forces me to, to think, Oh, I am living in a different time right now Uh, that's why i'm doing this so i like how concrete it is um but it's like it's it's kind of a cool thing to be like during lent i eat this kind of bread during easter season i eat this kind of bread um you just pick like one bread that is just rough you're like (laughs) this is whole grain nine seeds in it or whatever during Lent. (laughs) And then then so much fiber after (laughs) is like more like those Hawaiian rolls. (laughs) You're like, it's Easter. He's risen. Anyway, our listeners are done. So, um, (laughs) Hey, happy Easter. Happy Easter. On behalf of prodigal and the priest, I'm Joey Scancella, father Paul Bechter saying, take care. God bless.